0: when youth from all over the diocese are gathered at Camp Mitchell and that chapel high on the bluff overlooking the river valley and I am lucky enough to be with them, I can't help but notice that there is always a moment when young parishioners from St. Paul's smile and nudge those around them as if to say listen to this. It is that moment just after we finished exchanging the peace and just before the offertory sentence when we say, whoever you are and wherever you are in your pilgrimage of faith, you are welcome in this place and you are welcome at God's table. It's a much loved line of many here on Sunday mornings as well. Well, I hear something of that echoed in our readings today. The letter to Hebrews speaks of faith as if it's a journey through unfamiliar territory And our gospel speaks of the challenge to live a faithful life in a settled place. Abraham and Sarah left home and country, setting out for a place in response to God's call, not knowing where they were going. They lived a nomadic existence in a tent, setting up no permanent home, but always, we're told, looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Theirs is the model of living that pilgrims have followed ever since, although usually only for days or weeks or months rather than an entire lifetime. It seems we all know someone, in fact I see a number of you here, someone who has traveled the Camino de Santiago or made some pilgrimage where they've walked long miles by day and take rest wherever they may find it. They travel light with less than they need so that they might rely on others as much as themselves. Without the usual distractions, I hear, they, can, they find they can better listen and discern the call of God in their lives. Other pilgrims do not get to plan ahead. They don't buy plane tickets and sturdy-soled hiking boots. Instead, they are plunged into an unfamiliar place without ever leaving home. A friend of mine in another parish is on this sort of pilgrimage. After surgery, chemo, and radiation, her cancer returned. And hearing that nothing more can be done, she found herself in a place where she had never been. She described it as a wide open desert without any familiar landmarks. It was completely disorienting. A contemplative at heart, however, she began to explore that strange landscape in faith, not knowing where she was going or even how to get there. Not the sort of faith that promised her cancer would be cured, although she'd welcome that, but the sort of faith that assures her that in God's reality, she is already well. This is the sort of faith that the author of Hebrews is trying to express. Faith gives substance to things that are neither palpable nor visible. Faith makes real, in the present moment, God's things often thought of as future things but more truly as eternal such as god's own faithfulness when i ask my friend what she is finding in that desert place she exclaims with wonder god's provision there are so many oases along the way what had seemed so vast and inhospitable is full of life. Our gospel today uses the image of a household to illustrate how we ought to be alert for the coming of God. Blessed are the occupants of the house who are awake to greet the returning homeowner in the middle of the night. The epistle reading, however, makes it clear that our ancestors, Abraham and Sarah, did not have the privilege of that status. The author of Hebrews describes Abraham and Sarah as having confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. In other words, our ancestors in the faith lived and understood themselves to live beyond the margins, the borders of what they had once known as home they had no earthly security. Abraham had to negotiate with Ephron the Hittite even to have a burial place for Sarah. So while they may have done well for themselves, their strangeness, their otherness, was never forgotten. So is the lesson that if we want to be counted as faithful, we should never buy a home? Or that we must leave our homelands and seek out places beyond our own borders? I don't think so. While early followers of Jesus were largely poor and marginalized, some, we know, owned homes. Peter owned a home in Capernaum and Martha with her brother and sister in Bethany and it was in private homes that the early Christians gathered to share their weekly meal. The lesson I hear is rather one of perspective. Abraham and Sarah, along with other ancestors in faith, considered themselves to be strangers and foreigners in the sense that they were not defined by the land or the nation they occupied, or whether they had paid off a mortgage. They were defined by their dependence upon God, their home in God, by their trust that God is faithful. Abraham not only lived as an alien in his new land, he also chose, when he could, not to return to his old land. Both homes paled in comparison to the hope he had beyond both homelands. Our ancestors did not return to their old land because the author of Hebrews tells us they desired a better country. And isn't that something we all want? Isn't that something we're all calling for in our own time? A better country. Whether we are leaving behind the terrors, degradations, and poverty of another country, seeking safety and a new life in this one, or whether we already call this our home, aren't we all seeking a better country? Maybe the anticipation our ancestors held out for the promised land is no different than the expectation described in Luke, the watchful waiting for the return of the master from the wedding feast, the coming of God into our world, into our homes, and into our very lives in such a way as it transforms the very nature of home and country into God's dwelling and God's reign. So how will it happen? In God's time and through God's power, of course, but Scripture is telling us that we have a role, too. How does a homeowner make ready not to be burglarized? How did Abraham secure a plot of land for Sarah's burial? Not by sitting idle. The hope for a homeland, a better country, the promise of a time and place where all people can live in peace and plenty safely and securely in the world God has given us to share does not come by building bigger walls or by buying more and bigger guns. Scripture tells us it comes by acting in faith, even if we do not yet know where our actions will lead us. Both the authors of Hebrews and of Luke call us to follow in the footsteps of those who have gone before us, trusting in the faithfulness of God, envisioning the promise of God's different and more complete security. This faith and hope enables us to live in whatever momentary insecurity or discomfort may be required in order to pursue God's purposes for God's world and God's people. In the assurance of things hoped for, with the conviction of things not yet seen and from the coffers of God's unfailing treasure, we step out in faith to do good to cease to do evil, to seek justice, to rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, and plead for the widow. For it is in opening the boundaries of our lives that we are most secure. In the humility of our mortality that we are most fully alive. In yielding our privilege that we are most powerful and in the assurance of God's faithfulness that we are most hopeful. May we all be found to be woke when the Savior returns and the table is set for the feast. Amen.